I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. This is an episode I've had in the works for a while, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. We are going to explore sibling dynamics, sibling relationships, and birth order. The idea of siblings is so interesting to me. I am very close to my siblings, and I do pray that my kids will have a great relationship with each other too. I'm sure all parents want their kids to like each other, be friends, and get along. I won't speak as an expert here on raising siblings because... I don't know the answers, honestly. I took a poll on my Instagram a while ago, and 100% of you said that you think parenting does affect sibling relationships. But I know there are tons of us who know families where the parents tried and were amazing parents, and the siblings have had times of not getting along or being very close, even if now is one of those times. But we don't have to believe that will be the case forever. We can always pray that siblings want the best for each other and consider each other important parts of their lives. If we truly view each person in our family as special and dearly loved, we will naturally help our kids view their siblings this way. So rest easy. I know you already do think each person in your family is special and dearly loved. So you are helping your kids view their siblings this way. We can't control everything. We are raising independent human beings, and I'm not assuming that what we do will exactly determine if our kids remain close throughout their lives. I'll repeat it again for people like me. We are not in full control here. God is. These children are God's, and He loves them. But siblings who like, respect, and enjoy each other does seem like something God would want. And I think it's good for us to pray and ask God for it and believe that it will happen. It is never too late for siblings to become friends, even if they are already adults with their own families. And a disclaimer before I give examples, because I know there are a million opinions on everything parenting. I know some people say don't force your kid to apologize. Some people say you should force your kid to apologize. A million things like that. I'm not a parenting expert and I'm not the parent of your kids. I'm just sharing what I know as a regular mom, a friend, or a big sister. Take what you like and forget the rest. One phrase I have learned to use, and I mentioned this in episode number four, the phrase is she's still learning or he's still learning. This phrase serves as a diffuser for many situations in my family. If my new baby grabs my toddler's face, I would say, gentle hands. Sorry, bubby. Sister is still learning to use gentle hands. Let's show her how to do it. This kind of diffuses the situation and makes things less of a personal attack. I like to say things like, you make her smile so big. She loves watching you. Since you're older, you'll be a leader in a lot of ways. She will learn so much by watching you. I say those things now still that they are two and four, but I really started that as soon as my daughter was born. I also try to encourage my kids to help each other. 
If there is a time when my daughter is trying to reach something and asking for my help, but it is something her brother can reach, I might ask him to go help his sister. Then I say, thank you so much for helping her. Sissy, can you say, thanks for helping me? Or if I'm handing out a snack, I'll give both to my daughter and ask her to hand one to her brother. Then I'd say, that's so kind of you to share and give one to your brother. Doesn't it feel great to share and help people? Bubby, your sister loves helping me take care of you. Can you tell her thank you? So not putting too much pressure on the older sibling to take full care of his sister or do things he doesn't want to do necessarily, but usually he feels special when I ask him to help her. And I do the same for her too, even though she's younger. She helps him a lot too. Another parenting tip I've heard in regards to siblings is to keep them on the same team if you start a competition. Instead of putting them against each other, who can get their pajamas on first? Keep them on the same team. Say, can both kids get their pajamas on before I count to 30? Go. Then they're on the same team. They may end up helping each other and celebrating their wins together. I feel like this is pretty widely accepted advice I've heard from several different parenting experts. Not to compare your kids to each other too much, especially in front of them. For example, your brother always cleans up and you never do. And hopefully you know by now I would never say that because it's not speaking life to say you never do X, Y, Z. We try to phrase things in a positive way and speak out the things that our kids are and the things that we're praying that they will be. Check out episode number six for more on that topic. Looking back on my own childhood, one thing my parents did that I think did help foster my relationship with my siblings then and now is to do things together as a family, like even watch each other play our sports. My brother did soccer and had tons of practices and games. We didn't make it to everything as a family. Sometimes we did split up boys and girls, but we did a lot together. I have tons of memories sitting at soccer fields, watching my brother, going to his soccer team parties or tournaments. I knew the sisters of the other players on his team. I knew their parents. My brother and dad still came to our dance recitals. I remember my parents letting my brother wear headphones and I think it was like a Game Boy, one of those devices before we had tablets. And he would play games quietly in the audience until it was time for me and my sister to be on stage. Then they would nudge him and he'd pay attention to our dances. I'm sure it would have been easier to leave my brother at home when he was a preteen and didn't care about his sister's dances. I'm sure it would have been easier to leave me or my sister with family or babysitters instead of chasing us around the soccer fields or trying to keep us cool and dry in the extreme weather. But I do think it helped us see the value in our siblings in celebrating their hard work. Even now, frequently our conversations will be something about those memories, like, hey, I ran into your old soccer teammate the other day, small world. I plan to expand on this topic in a future episode, but I would like to interview more moms and get input from more people. So if you have something you'd like to add to the conversation of sibling relationships, send me an email at podcast at CourtneyLundin.com. You can also nominate a mom who you think can speak from her own wisdom and experience and share with the other moms listening. So onto the subject of birth order. What I'm about to say was one of the best, most freeing things that anyone told me when I had my second child. She said, God graces each child for their birth order. You don't have to worry about giving your second child every bit of attention that the first child got. God graced your second child for being the second. The second born will have some benefits that the firstborn never got. Maybe your firstborn needed the extra time and attention because of God's calling on their life. And maybe your secondborn needs a bit more freedom and flexibility because of God's calling on their life. It doesn't have to be equal to be fair. You can love each kid just as much, even if the parenting looks different for each child. 
God graces each child for their birth order. He did it on purpose. Wow, right? I hope that makes you relax and feel better and takes off some of the mom guilt. Let it go. God put your children in the right birth order for your family. He graced them for their birth order. You may have held your firstborn in a quiet dark room for every nap for a year, but now you just had your third baby and you have two other young children who need you. And that's okay. That third baby is going to get other perks in their lives from you and you can let it go that they don't get the exact same nap situation as the first. It's okay. So I want to somewhat briefly go through the stereotypes of each place in the birth order. This is not a box to put them in. This is not all-encompassing. If you listen and think, this doesn't really fit me or my child, that's okay. This is just some insight and generalizations of each birth position, and it might help you understand some things about your children in a new way. And maybe you'll be better equipped to understand certain situations and parent each child in the best way for them. So the birth order theory originated from a man named Alfred Adler. He developed a theory that the order in which a child is born shapes their development and personality. He claimed that family, community, and social aspects play a major role in shaping a child's personality. Of course, every family is different, but today we'll talk about some common similarities of the five birth positions. Firstborn, secondborn, middle, last, and only child. I'm also pulling some of this information from Dr. Kevin Lehman, who wrote a book called The Birth Order Book, Why You Are the Way You Are. Firstborn, the oldest. Parents are usually extremely attentive and more strict, following things by the book. This, in turn, causes the firstborn to become perfectionistic, trying to please their parents. They are often reliable, high achievers, controlling, and more cautious than their siblings. Parents spend more time reading and explaining things to firstborns, and that might be part of why firstborns usually outperform their siblings. Parents expect firstborns to set an example, have more responsibility like taking care of siblings and household chores, and in general, firstborns can be quick to take charge in groups. Generally speaking, firstborns have a fear of failure. They are less likely to take risks than their siblings. Firstborns are likely to seek praise and recognition because that's what they were given in their younger years. The secondborn. These children begin their lives with their parents' attention focused on the firstborn. They are more likely to be competitive and independent. Secondborn children often develop abilities that the firstborn doesn't have in attempts to gain attention for themselves. The middle child. Parents are a little less attentive and less strict when parenting the middle child. Stereotypes are that the middle child often feels left out, aware that the oldest and youngest usually get more attention. They don't have the rights and responsibilities of the oldest or the privileges of the youngest. They are more likely to be people pleasers, somewhat rebellious, and actually not as competitive. They are more likely to be peacemakers and negotiators. They are more likely to be social and focus on friendships outside of the house and be less attached to their family than their siblings. The youngest child. Parents are increasingly relaxed in their parenting. The youngest gets more attention than the second or middle child because the older siblings are more independent. The babies of the family are usually fun-loving, charming, attention-seeking, outgoing, and might be manipulative. Many famous actors, actresses, and comedians are the babies of their family. The youngest child may be more likely to take risks than their siblings and may have unrealistic goals. Parents are least likely to discipline the youngest child. The only child receives the most attention from both of their parents, has more interactions with adults, and becomes an extreme version of the firstborn characteristics. 
Only children are more likely to be confident and mature for their age, perfectionistic, and may have a harder time cooperating with others or handling not getting their way. Oldenly, children are usually responsible and seek approval. There are lots of factors affecting birth order personality, which can be looked at in depth. Factors like blended families and stepfamilies, wide gaps in sibling ages, a sibling with physical or neurodevelopmental disabilities, twins, genders of siblings, adoption. I recommend the book, The Birth Order Book by Dr. Kevin Lehman. He goes into a lot more detail on all of these categories. He's a psychologist and a Christian, so I'm apt to trust his reference points. And he has written several books that I have read and loved. A lot of the articles I'll mention later in this episode reference the birth order book, so check it out. There are some tips for parenting each of your own children according to their specific birth order and needs, so now I'll talk about those. Some of these tips were from articles I found online, and I'll link to those in the show notes. Tips for parenting your firstborn child. We should give firstborn children permission and freedom to have fun and relax. And realize that the firstborn may feel jealous of their younger siblings receiving attention for just being little, as opposed to achieving things. We can remind our firstborn children that they're loved for who they are, not only what they achieve. We can keep our expectations that the firstborn is a child, not a mini-adult. Tips for parenting a middle child. Make time for one-on-one interactions or even two-on-one interactions and give them attention from both parents. Carefully notice their personalities, strengths, and talents. Realize that middle children have a strong sense of justice and can feel frustrated when something isn't what they consider to be fair. We can be sure to let the middle child have a voice and let them pick out restaurants or movies for the family. Tips for parenting the youngest child. Give boundaries just as much as with the older children while still encouraging their carefree personality. Give responsibilities and hold them accountable. Be aware that the youngest child are more likely to get their way. Try to balance that dynamic. I found an article that relates how your birth order as the parent plays into your parenting approach. I'll link to that article in the show notes, but the psychotherapist they consulted is named Nero Feliciano. This article says that parents who are first born themselves are likely to have high expectations projected onto their children, especially their firstborn. They are likely to over-identify with their own firstborn child. The firstborn parents are also more likely to be anxious and thrown off by the unpredictable nature of children and schedules. Parents who are the middle-born from their own family tend to aim for fairness among their own children. They are more relaxed as parents, and since they have more likely been left out as a child, they are sensitive to make sure all their children feel included. Middle-born parents are more likely to stick up for their own middle child or the child who is the underdog. Parents who are the youngest born child are more likely to encourage and allow adventure in their own children. They may be more playful and enjoy the silliness of childhood. They trust their intuition more than worrying about what other people will think or expect from their parenting. They are more comfortable with the chaos than their older siblings as parents. The youngest child as a parent is more likely to take up for their own youngest child and understand some of their excuses with a softer approach. Now it's time for this week's mom hack. The mom hack of the week is to get your kid to eat vegetables in the form of a smoothie. I feel like I have the magic formula down in a way that my kids actually drink it, so I wanted to share. I use apple juice as the base. I check that the only ingredient in the apple juice is apples. Then I pour out about as much apple juice as the amount of smoothies I'm trying to make. I usually try to make three smoothies at the same time, one for me and each of my two kids. So I pour enough apple juice for three 
of those cups into the blender. Then I use frozen spinach, kale, or greens. I buy a fresh bag of organic power greens from Costco and I throw it in my freezer and keep it in the freezer. Then I throw a generous handful into the blender with the apple juice. Then I add berries. Berries are what are going to make the smoothie taste good, so don't be stingy with the berries. Then I add whatever frozen fruit I have at the time, sometimes banana or mangoes, pineapple or dragon fruit. I also love to always use avocado. I buy that already diced up in the frozen section at my grocery store. Then we add a vanilla protein powder. My favorites are from Just Ingredients. We love her vanilla bean and snickerdoodle flavors. We also found one from Flav City that we also love. I'll link to those in the show notes. Then we add seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, and chia seeds. My husband and I differ here because he loves to add ice, but I never add ice because I think it's all frozen and cold enough. I let my kid do every step with me. They love making smoothies. It's like a science experiment and a fun activity. I think they're more likely to drink it because they've helped. Same for any meal at my house. They're more likely to eat it when they helped me make it. We have a Vitamix blender, which I know those are so expensive. My husband and I used all of our wedding gift cards after our wedding trying to buy one of these, but it has paid for itself tenfold with how many smoothies we have used it to make over the years. It literally turns smoothies to juice, but it's not juice. It's a smoothie, so you keep the fiber, and I love that. If you are considering one, save up for it or put it on your birthday list or whatever. I couldn't recommend it enough. I do think the texture helps my kids drink it. Before we go, I'd like to say a little prayer and blessing for you. Dear God, thank you for these listeners. Thank you that they desire to parent each of their children well. Thank you for the peace that comes knowing you have graced each member of our families for their exact birth order. Draw us close to you and help us to know you in your heart and your word so we can parent our children in the ways that please you. Thank you that we renew our mind, thoughts, and attitudes each day. Help us to shine your light and honor you in all that we do. In your son Jesus' name, amen. If you love this podcast and want more details of the episodes, subscribe to my email newsletter. I will send recaps of the podcast and include any written details you might find helpful. I have been asked for written forms of some episodes, so this will be the best way. When you sign up for my email, you'll also receive an instant download PDF of Bible Verses for Moms. It's a list of basic Bible verses I think are helpful to moms, verses you can memorize and apply and speak out in your day-to-day. Most of them are mentioned in episode number three, Faith and Practice with Kids, and that has been an episode you guys have loved, so thank you for your positive feedback. If you want this free PDF or want to be subscribed to my email, go to my website, CourtneyLundin.com, and you'll see a link for Download Bible Verses for Moms. I will also link to it in the show notes for this episode. If you love this podcast, have you shared it with your friends? Have you left a five-star review? Five-star reviews help other people find this podcast, and that would mean so much to me. You can also click subscribe in whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Then you'll be automatically notified each time a new episode is available. Thanks so much for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood.